WildTalkRadio.com. Theme song. This is the Firefly Funhouse, and I want to introduce you to some very special friends that I've met along the way. Hey, this is Adam Copeland, aka the Rated R Superstar. Hey guys, this is Renee Paquette. This is Kane from WWE. This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Hi, this is Bree, and this is Nikki, and we're the Battle Twins. This is Christopher Daniels, and what I like to do on my off days is listen to the rap, and now you are. And it is awesome. Satisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning The Rack. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I love kickball. I'm back taking souls and digging holes. I'm going to break you, bitch. You hear me? You can love, but you can't touch. Ruthless <laughs> aggression. With your host. They've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and shoot to back. I like puppets. Stickers! And her producer, Sir Rockin. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. What the game is playing. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. We're here. Yowie wowie. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com, brought to you by our friends over at MBG Films. Check them out at YouTube.com slash MBG1211. And if you're listening to us over on RackRadioShow.com, WildTalkRadio.com, or directly on Twitch, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. If you're on Twitch and you happen to have a Prime Gaming sub available, well, you can use it here for free for 30 days. All you have to do is hit the little purple button down at the bottom of the screen, and you can subscribe for free. It is... That simple. I'm your host, Lindsay Ward. Joining me, as always, is the ever-faithful producer slash co-host slash handyman, Sorokin. We're here. We're live. We're doing a thing. It's SummerSlam. It's the fallout of the biggest party of the summer. Were you sports entertained? We sure were. We're going to break down the best pro wrestling in the biz I miss. Three syllables. WWE. I will give... 
I will give credit where credit is due. The Triple H movement has officially begun in WWE. You could feel it across this pay-per-view. And I'm here for it. You can tweet us at WildTalkRadio at RockRadioShow at Lindsward. Come to WildTalkRadio.com RockRadioShow.com or twitch.tv slash WTR Live to interact with us. Yeah, do the hammers in chat. Triple H movement hammers. Do them. Um, that is if you ha- are a subscriber or I think you're a subscriber. Anyway, if you're not a subscriber, you can subscribe to the channel very simply. If you have that Amazon Prime, you can link it to your Twitch account. It's called Prime Gaming. Support the channel. Just click that purple rectangular button below the screen. Do the thing. Support the channel. It's cool. It's awesome. All the things. This show, from top to bottom, had such a wonderful energy coming out of it. And WWE has done the one thing that they have not been able to do for me in a year. They have given me hope, and I hate it. (laughs) I hate it so much (laughs) that they have given me hope, but they've done exactly that. And they did it tonight. We're going to get into it because um, phone calls have been made. They have. Phone calls. They have. Like, you, he, someone's been on the lo- lo- on the line with people. Want to come back? Want to talk? But let's have a conversation. It's a new era in WWE. We've documented it on the show. If you haven't heard the show before, you can check out the archives at rockradioshow.com on all podcasting platforms. We talked about it on, on Thursday. It's a new era in WWE. Triple H has taken over. And now we're seeing the results of it because this was a show. This this was absolutely a show. We're going to talk about this, but we have to talk about what just happened, what we just witnessed for the undisputed WWE Championship in a last man standing match. We had your champion, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, on. taking on no, Cowboy on. Brock Lesnar. Your tribal chief. I don't like saying that phrase. <laughs> He's I'm your sorry. T- acknowledge him. I, I, I can acknowledge him without saying that phrase. Anyway. um. So Roman did his normal five-minute Undertaker entrance. Long. Took his time. Whatever. Then there was Brock. Normal entrance. Yada, yada, yada. Then stopped halfway through. Why? A goddamn tractor. They got Brock Lesnar a tractor, and he rode the rest of the way. Parked it at ringside. And if you think the tractor... Didn't play a factor in this match. Oh my god, you were wrong. You are so incredibly wrong. Like, I am insanely jealous that there was an entire creative meeting around a tractor and how to apply it to a wrestling match. I would have loved to have sat in on that meeting because I feel like at some point somebody just went, fuck it, let's use the tractor. We're going to go full boy, full cowboy Brock. We're going to, let's lean into it and everything. So he comes down in the in his tractor, kits on top of it, does his own goddamn intro. Roman's doing his thing and posing. And then Brock jumps off the goddamn uh, tractor with a fez press. I was like, oh shit, here we go. And I was like, I, I was holding it. He's going to jump off the thing. She's like, no, they're not going to let him. Oh, no, no. He went full tilt. <laughs> he he went like, Roman was on like one side of the ring, Brock was on the other, and Brock jumped off the tractor, because it had like a shovel on the end of it, off the tractor, which was suspended over the ring, and went across the ring and tackled Hunt, or um, excuse me, tackled Roman. Yeah. To start the match. That's how they kicked it off. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, oh. 
Brock showed up to work. He did. And they just went at it from bell to bell. They were fighting uh, in the crowd a little bit. We're on the, on the, the sca- by the scaffolding that's holding up the, the lighting and everything. And just, those shots just look brutal, just banging into them. And then they're fighting all around the ring and doing all these things. We got Sabella drop through tables. And, you know, it's just your normal, oh, last man standing. Okay, they're trying. They're going to get up a little bit. And then at one point in this match, Brock is, you know, trying to take Roman to Suplex City. And like, all right, we're, we're feeling it, feeling it. And then... Roman's not staying down, so how do you get Roman to stay down? You put him inside the goddamn tractor itself. I wonder what the thing, what's the, what would you call it? Where he shoved them? The shovel? The shovel part, yeah. I know there's probably a technical term to it, but yeah, the shovel part, we'll go with that. It's like the scoop or the shovel or something. Something like that. Whatever the technical thing is, y- y'all can Google it. Um, there's an intern. Front term. loader. Front, Front loader. loader. See, that's why we, we have an intern because the facts. Thanks, Brent. Um, and then... He dumps him in the goddamn ring. That's one way to get your opponent back in the ring. Well, okay. So that was, it was a cool visual, but it really didn't do anything. No, because it was the, the front loader was low enough that Roman could catch himself. Like he landed on his feet and then he just kind of rolled out. Because for a second, it's like, oh, this is going to be bad. And then when Brock actually dropped him, it's like, oh, it was really nothing. Okay. All right. That's cool. But then. Like it was more for aesthetics than it was for actual Yeah, it was, it was a great, great visual. When you have 40,000 people in a building, it's a great visual. You're seeing a human being in a front loader part of the tractor. I mean, let's come on now. But it didn't stop there. Oh, no. No, I will. I will say this. This is one of the more violent last man standing matches we've seen on main roster in quite a while. Because we talked about it Thursday. There has to be a way to keep him down. So you have to get violent. You have to get vicious. But this is not about Brock being put down. This is about Roman. Brock trying to put Roman down. And how do you do it? Brock lifts up the goddamn ring. He rams it first and then picks up the goddamn ring. <laughs> With the, the, the goddamn tra- the front loader. Of the tractor. I don't even know what to do with that. Like, it's been so long since anybody's messed with the ring in one of these matches. Because it's like, the way that they set this up was he got on the tractor a couple times to, like, move it and do stuff with it. And that's how you knew it was going to play a factor in the match was because um, of how he was of how he was screwing with it. But it's like when they went for this, he gets in the tractor, he drops the front loader and then he starts like backing the tractor up. And it's like, what is he doing? And then he's, he drives forward and it's like, Oh God, Oh God, he's going to do something to the ring. And then it's like, he hits it and he tried to lift it. And the, the front loader didn't go all the way under the ring. He couldn't, he didn't quite get it in there the first time. And so he had to try again. But just just the force of which the front loader hit the ring, it slid the ring back towards the announcer's tables. And you're just like, oh my god, what is he doing? And then, then he does it again, and he just lifts the ring up in the air by one side. So it's literally cockeyed on two feet <laughs> on the back side. And the highest side, it's like twisted. It's a miracle it didn't break. Whoever engineered that, bravo, bravo. Do all good the, job. Yeah, you know that your there, math works. There was there was a lot of creative playing the last few days. Okay, so how are we going to do this? Because you need engineers involved. You need every, all these people involved. Because it's like, oh, we're just going to use the tractor and just lift the other ring. Yeah, 
you get you got to make sure you can do it and make sure there's people who make sure it can be done because if you notice a lot of match was not in the ring yeah and i like that i respect that they kept it for the most part out of the ring i think that was a very wise decision on their part but just the visual of the ring up in the air like that and it held the entire time it didn't break it didn't move it was just solid was something that is going to be iconic they made an iconic moment tonight with that visual and only topped by brock standing in the ring cockeyed afterwards which somebody got a picture of bravo to you but they have that tops like every collapsing ring segment i think they've ever done oh yeah and he and who was in the original one brock Brock lesnar back in smackdown 20 years ago. Yep. God, are we that old? Mm-hmm. Yep, that was the thing 20 years ago. So, but Or maybe 19. Might be 19 years ago. Either way. Not 20, 19. I don't, whatever it was. Doesn't really matter. By the way, there's a now new WWE Mattel toy probably coming out the Brock Lesnar branded tractor. Tractor. Because his logo is all over it. Um, But this he, he got to that point because he was having trouble keeping Roman down. So it's like, what are you going to do to keep down the champion? And then, you know, since the champion's not staying down, the challenger has to go and do something and get resourceful. Then resourcefulness came in for um for Roman, because the Usos would get involved in this match, which we all figured was coming. No, we don't need to talk about the Usos getting involved in this match. We need to talk about Paul Heyman getting involved in this match. We Specifically, we need to talk about Paul Heyman getting his comeuppance for all his misdeeds for Brock Lesnar, because he was messing with Brock Lesnar during this match, I joked to Rock before this happened that I feel like Paul Heyman just got revenge sex on um, Brock Lesnar because he like messed with him or did something with him, and then he walked away just like grinning. Yeah, it was before the Samoan dropped through the the, the table. He kind of led the destruction. Now, a little over nineteen years ago, according to Brent. But Paul Heyman, at one point, runs distraction on Brock again, gets picked up, and for his trouble, gets F5'd through an out- an oh, announce table. Oh, God, that was like, it was an F5, kind of, it was an FU, kind of, the AA, whatever you want to call it, the John Cena through the table, because, by the way, John Cena's a Fortnite, use the credit code, Rock Soccer, Lens, and more, do, do the thing, because you can't see me. Um, but he delivered him, and he dropped him vicious through that table. Paul took all of that. And Paul didn't move the rest of the time. He literally was just like face down on the floor the rest of the match. Yeah, he was giving the belts to Brock. Like, all right, you, you've done enough here. Just take them, take them. Just take the belts, take them, take the belts. You've got to just leave them alone. Leave this man alone. And that's where he ate the F5 through the, the announce table. Brock's like, no, we're going, we are going all the way on this. And Paul didn't move until they had to move him off the announce table. He lay there motionless. Which is which perfect. It was great. It was absolutely they worked around Paul Heyman. And then and then um we have the, the cash in time. Austin Theory tries to come out with the cash in and Rome was like or was it, I think it was Brock like, Nope, not happening. Not gonna be not night. No kid. I, I don't honestly remember who it was. It was the, I think it was Brock or it was the Usos. Somebody stopped him. It's like not your night, kid. Not your night. And then Roman tried to commit a felony with the Bunny in the Bank brief clay, okay. briefcase. After multiple attempts with the Spears to keep down Brock, Brock was not getting, not staying down. Okay, it was Brock. Um, 
And he just waylays into over and over again with that briefcase. It's probably dented all hell. Um, and yeah, and that wasn't enough. Then we have one shot with the, 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 the WWE title. Didn't do anything. Kept, couldn't keep him down. Then he pulls out the Universal title. Still couldn't keep him down until you had to dump everything on top of him. Oh, it was great. And then he's like, <laughs> Kevin Owens said, the, said it the best. Well, the referee didn't stop counting. Huh. Amazing. That's, that's paraphrasing him, but yeah, that was the point. He just, for no reason, he didn't stop. He just counted to 10 while they were piling stuff on. It's like, yeah, yeah, pile it on. That's how, cause we, we talked about it. It's like, how are you going to keep him down? You gotta do something. And they did. They piled everything they could. They moved all Heyman's dead body away off the, the table so they could dump it on, on Roman. Cause you know, the announce table, which breaks so easily, is the heaviest thing in the world. The heaviest table you've ever seen, even though it collapses like paper. Oh, it was, a, it was a hell of a sports entertainment main event. Oh, God, it was so good. This delivered on every single front. I like how they hit all the things. You had the teased cash in. You didn't get it. You had the ring spot with the tractor. You just had the tractor in general. You had Brock show up to work. You had Roman show up to work. You had Paul Heyman take a table spot. You had the Usos get beat up. Like this had everything it needed to have. It moved. It flowed. It it had an appropriate level of violence. They didn't work a lot in the ring. It was mostly on the outside. Involved a lot of tables, a lot of chairs. Um, no kendo sticks, surprisingly, but a lot of tables and a lot of chairs. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I thought it was very good. And I know some people are not happy about the result, which is that in the end, Roman Reigns wins. But they are creating the situation of who can beat Roman Reigns. If Brock Lesnar cannot beat Roman Reigns in a last man standing match to take those titles away, who can? Realistically, who can? And an environment was created tonight in this company where there is the possibility that we could see people return. Where Hunter can make phone calls and bring people back and bring challengers back for Roman. I'm not saying he will, but he could. There are opportunities to do things, and that's all you can hope for. That's the key word, hope. There's hope in WWE for change. If you're not watching, that's your fault. If you want to sit there and complain about it and wish things were changing, you also probably didn't... You wanted Brock Lesnar, the guy you all were tired of as your part-time champion. You wanted him to win. Think about that one. Think about that one before you make your Twitter comment. Roman's good on top. Things are fine. They're going to beat him when they need to. Drew could be the one beating him in in five weeks. You never know. They're setting Drew back up to be a credible challenger, which I'm glad they're doing that um, because they've kind of backed off of Drew a lot. And so the, they're hitting the gas pedal on him again is good because here's the thing. As we keep saying, at one point, this was supposed to be the summer of Cody and Cody was supposed to challenge Roman. And in theory, Cody was supposed to get the titles and they were going to make Cody. Cody is now gone until feasibly end of the year. Rumble. Rumble-ish. So, depending on how he heals, because I don't think he's necessarily going to push himself that hard. So, it's August, right? Yeah. So, realistically, looking at it, you have four-ish months to get through before Cody is available. And even then, they'll hold him until Rumble, which is the mid to end of January. So, four and a half, five months to get through if Roman holds his title that long. No, I don't think they're going to split the titles. 
No, they're unified. They need to make one belt, though. They do. Same for the tags. They need to make solo belts. Um, so there's that. But Hi, Tim! E- but everything they did tonight in the main event was worth it. And we'll see what they do. We'll see who they bring back, if they bring back anyone. They have, after Clash... Uh, Clash at the Castle. I don't think Roman has to defend the title. Won't be defending the title till November. And even then, depends on how they do Survivor Series because you never know anymore with the new regime. Because we're talking about this environment, right? We're talking yeah. about this change. We're talking about how Triple H put his stamp on this show. We have to talk about how it all started. Okay. With the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the title. This was so good. <laughs> So, so good. They came out flashy and they were ready to go. Bianca looked cute. She looked so good. And they came to work. They came to show up and show out. They put on a fantastic opening contest for this title. It, I don't think it topped Mania, but it was really close. It was really good. They delivered, they performed, they they went out there and they, they set the pace for the show. They got the crowd Hot, and that's what you needed. None of your wishes were fulfilled. He's trolling. Keep moving. Okay, (laughs) but that's the match itself really got outshined, which is hard to do with Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. But they out they outdid themselves because once Becky was defeated, you had a little surprise. You did before we got to we got the surprise. Um, I believe they embraced. They had a handshake and and you know. Yeah, they kind of like, it was like, okay, all right, you bested me. Okay, I respect you. I don't like it, but I respect you. Kind of moment. Yeah. Then we got some surprises. Because, you know, we had a hug. We had to get a hugger. Clever. The one and only Bailey, after a year being away. So before she left, she was doing her best work. Mm Mm-hmm. In front of nobody. WWE returned to fans two weeks before. After she got hurt. Yeah. Which sucked for her. So now, a year after watching watching everyone succeed and all this stuff in front of people, she got to return. Everyone was happy to see it. And it was like, oh, you're here. She's like, hello, you remember me? Remember me? I'm, I'm Bailey, right? I'm right here. I'm Bailey. But she wasn't alone. We had the return of Dakota Kai. So remember when I said that Hunter picked up the phone? He made He made at least one phone call? There's your one phone call. Dakota Kai, who was released earlier this year, she has come back. There's no details on her contract, but she is back to stay. And joining her, fresh out of NXT, we haven't seen her for a while because she was hurt. Io Shirai, now Io Sky, up on the main roster where she belongs. And we have the trio of Bailey, Io, and Dakota. And Becky gets back in the ring with Bianca and the former foes stand toe-to-toe with the returning ladies, and I think they need a third, so we'll have to see if we can find them a third. But yeah, this was this was the moment where you sat here and you went, this is Hunter's show. Yeah, you kind of got the impression, okay, we now know he's making phone calls. We now know he has some tricks up his sleeves. And this is where the hope started for me. This is where she, she the fishing rod came out. She got hooked a little bit. She's being reeled back in. Slowly. Slowly. I mind you. But they she's they have not made me love yet, but they have caught my attention, which is a, always a good thing. Right. So they kept Bailey as a heel, which you thought that she would get the big baby face pop, and she got a big pop returning. But she's going to stay on the 
darker side, which is what's fitting for her right now. And she has a couple badass chicks rolling with her now. Well, the thing is, is you need, especially with Becky potentially making a face turn. Which that kind of seemed like a little bit tweener face for her, which, you know, right move. You need, you need a very strong heel to go against Bianca. You need that, that, that good guy, bad guy dynamic, because that's how Bianca works really, really, really well, because she doesn't take anybody's shit. So you have Bianca stand up to Becky, or excuse me, not Becky, Bailey. Too many B names. Um, and it's late. But you have Bianca stand up to Bailey. You have Becky backing her up. And then you find a third for them. And you could potentially build your Survivor Series teams for the ladies out of these two groups. Yeah, you have the potential. And I'm intrigued to see Bailey run her crew. Because she's always vocal on Twitter about the girls. And the one person she mentioned right when she was released was the reason she wanted to come back was to work with Dakota. And now she can Hunter made that happen. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I'm highly intrigued by this. I'm very, very excited. And like I said, not everybody will be brought back. They don't need to refill the roster that much. But I think Hunter is looking at the product. He's looking at it from a creative standpoint. He's looking at it from a talent standpoint. And it's, what do we need right now? What do we need six months from now? What do we need for WrestleMania? Okay. Let's do this, 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 and this. And I think he has, he's working off the priority list and he's ticking it off very slowly because he's only been in the job a week. It's going to take time, but I'm sure there's a plan in place. It at least feels like there is a plan in place, which for WWE is a miracle. Um, but it's there. This and I think Hunter's got this. This is the first time. And even though technically they're not, or one isn't, this is the first time it felt like in a while. When someone came up from NXT... It, and it was impactful. It felt impactful. First time in, in months that it had a real impact. And even though, you know, neither have been in NXT in a while, you know them from NXT. You know it's that crew. So I'm good with that. I'm completely good with everything that's happening. Speaking of good, which I knew it would be, but it was better than I could have hoped for. Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. Whose idea was it to get the choir... To troll Corbin. Bum-ass Corbin. <laughs> who got the choir? I just want to know bum-ass, who did that. Bum-ass Corbin. Pat McAfee worked his butt off in this one. Legitimately. He, he did some stuff. You know, he did the, the suplex like he did at, at WrestleMania. got the big pop and all that stuff. But he worked his ass off. You could tell he was working his ass off. He was blown up by the end. Yeah, he's a little tired. He he slammed an entire, what, 16-ounce, 20-ounce beer? Right afterwards, yeah. Right afterwards, like, just hit it. He did, um, oh God, it, it was just good. The, the, what was the moment he tried that almost didn't work? I'm trying to remember what exactly it was. I know he, he did, did, like, he did it something off the top rope, and he missed, and he so he landed on his feet, and then he dropped oh, into yeah, the roll, where yeah. you're was... supposed to just hit the roll. Well, you know, he's a punter. So, yeah, he did. He's supposed to roll, do the land and then roll, but it, he stumbled, which is, again, it's fine because it's, it's supposed to be realistic. And whatever he did looked real and, like, not performance art for him. He looked real. He, he stumbled a little bit, rolled through, did not miss a beat with the spot, which is what you, you like. 
that's how it's supposed to be. Then he, then he goes up and does the, um, the Canadian destroyer kind of Panama Sunrise esque off the, from the middle rope for the win. Yeah. It wasn't a wrestling clinic, like Cole said. It wasn't. But it was a good fight that Pat McAfee came out there and, won, and, you know, showed up. His entrance was great. Here's the thing. If you walked into this expecting this to be a wrestling clinic, then you were setting yourself up for disappointment. It's goddamn Pat McAfee versus Baron Corbin. Okay? All right? Well, they're both incredibly talented people, the expectation was set by putting the people in the match that this was not going to be a wrestling clinic. That being said, it was incredibly entertaining. Pat McAfee continues to show up. He continues to show out. He continues to be incredibly consistent in terms of putting on unexpected, fantastic matches. Like, we all thought, okay, this is going to be good, right? Because we have the Adam Cole match. We have the match with Austin. So we have two examples where it's like, all right, yeah, this could be good. This could be good. You know, I'm all right. I'm feeling it. But it's like, it's happy Corbin. So you don't really know how they're going to work together. And Corbin, God bless him. Corbin made Pat look like a million bucks. Oh, the sent time to the outside too. That was good. That was good. Oh, but uh, I mean. Oh yeah. There's a ref bump for the low blow. Forgot about that part. <laughs> it was little Nate too. <laughs> Yeah, so, oh, yeah, so the, the spot was where he came off the top rope, because I'm trying to remember everything, came off the top rope, did the roll-through into the end of days, countered that with a ref bump, and then he low-blowed him, which then set up for the finish. Yeah, this was, this, and you could tell the fans were enjoying themselves with some Pat McAfee. Like, like, the crowd was into it. They were excited. They did everything they could. And, yeah, I, props, to, props to both men. It's like, they don't... Pat has no right to be as good as he is in this situation. He really doesn't. Because he's he's a podcaster, he's an announcer, he's he's a former NFL punter. But he's living out his dream fantasy of being a wrestler. And he's doing a damn good job at it. Which is what you like to see. He, he also told Corey Graves to suck it. <laughs> which was fantastic. <laughs> which is great. But yeah, I mean, that's... Pat McAfee is the gift that keeps on giving. And I'm... I'm astounded every time. That's why it's like I never worry when they're going to pull Pat out because it's like, you know, we know now what to expect. It's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be entertaining. And Pat is just going to be Pat and it's going to be fun. Yeah, this was a fun match to watch. And it just was something really uplifting to see, to be entertained. Like that is the one consistent thing about this show is I was consistently entertained. Through the whole thing, this was a three and a half-ish, almost four-hour show. Did not drag once. So, going back to the um, women's match really quick. Mm-hmm. I just saw this on Twitter. Triple H tweeted, dot, 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 and we're just getting started. Hunter, don't do that to me. <laughs> Hunter, don't. Just don't do that to me. Don't make me hope. But yeah, this was good. I, I enjoyed this. All right, Up next, Lashley versus Theory. As expected, Austin Theory lost. He got his ass whooped. He did. T- he tried. He tried hard. But he got his ass whooped. But the finish, the finish was really good. The grill press into the hurt lock. Yeah. That got the crowd off their feet. Like, this was everything you expected. It was going to be a great wrestling match because they were not planning to it. Because right now, Austin Theory is a whooping boy. Mm-hmm. He's going to take a whooping. 
He tried to, you know, attack from behind early on with the briefcase before the match. He was trying to get his advantage. It didn't work. And in the end, they paid for it. And he paid for it all night, as we talked about. But the fans popped for the finish, and guess what? That's all that matters when it's a match that's not supposed to... It's not The match was not supposed to steal the show. Not at all. But it got you a finish that you remember. And that's what counts. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. I mean, in terms of, like, the rest of the matches on the show, it was possibly one of the weaker matches on the show, but that's okay. I don't think anybody was expecting anything truly groundbreaking with it. No, it was five minutes. It was in and out. It got... It took its spot on the show. It it delivered. It was not going to be your wrestling classic. It was a it was a match that just was there, and that's fine. Bobby Lashley is still your U.S. champion, as he should be right now. Yep. Moving on to what I would say was a bit of a disappointment, and I'll tell you why. It was not the wrestling. The wrestling in this match was absolutely just bang on, fantastic. Uh, the tag team championships were on the line as the Usos took on the Street Profits with Jeff Jarrett. As your referee, for a second, everybody thought that Jeff Jarrett was going to get his ass whipped going into his match with Rick Flair tomorrow. It did not happen, although it would have been appropriate. So the Usos got the the cheerleaders. No, the Street Profits. The Street Profits, yeah. Street Profits got the cheerleaders. They got... That was the other thing. We had special entrances on the show. We did. Yeah. Street Profits came out with the Tennessee Titan cheerleaders. They did the whole routine and everything. Crowd was into it. Usos had their normal shtick. It was good. It was good. This matchup was good. This was not as good as last month, though. No, but that's okay. That's it. Is, it is perfectly fine. It was a pretty good match because you had better near falls in that one. But this one was pretty good in terms of in terms of action. I really love the new spot they're doing with the the um, shoulder block into the German. I really like that spot that the prophets are doing now. I thought that, I thought that was really good. Dawkins with a dive over the top rope, which was really nice. Because um, it's a big man flying, and you, you kind of don't see it all the time. Um, or as much as you, you should see it in some cases. So it's kind of special when someone like Dawkins, who is trying to prove his worth, I guess, a little bit right now. And that's okay. So he shined in this one. Um, the finish involved Jeff Jarrett. It involved the Montez Ford, kind of like, mm, did we get him? Because um, there was a spot where they the, the Prophets had um, one of the Usos down, and you go where he did the... Uh, Montez did the frog splash to Anuso, and he did, sold the ribs, so he was a couple seconds late to getting there to give the opponent, the Uso, a chance to kick out. And that's where Montez got frustrated. Yeah, and for a second you're like, oh no, oh no, are they going to do the thing? And thankfully they didn't. But the Usos retained the titles after the 1D threw um, Montez over the barricade. The Usos were able to, to hit the 1D on Dawkins, got the win... And Lindsay's going to mention it, but uh, I don't know about the finish. I I, I mean, I, we weren't shy about the fact that on Thursday we wanted the Prophets to win because it's the same situation that is kind of with Roman, but it's there's a lot less hype around it, no offense to the Usos, which is who's going to take the title off the Usos? They've had them for, they've had the SmackDown titles almost as long as Roman's had his title. I think they're a few months short. And then they won the Raw titles not that long ago. And so it's something that for the tag division, which lately has been struggling, and really nobody's outside of, like, the Profits are really ready to hold the titles, it's like, what do you do? 
So I understand why the Usos have held them for as long as they've had is because literally there's just there's nobody else. You have the Viking Raiders and you have other teams, but they're just not in the position to take the, the titles off of the Usos. You have to build them up to get there, especially for the length of the title reign that the Usos have had. And they've been building the profits and they've been kind of teasing stuff with the profits. And it's like, we don't want the profits to break up. We really like them together. I mean, even though Montez Ford is a star, he will be an incredible singles guy once the profits run their course, if they ever run their course. But it's like the profits, it just felt right. You know, it's like it's a big show. The Usos have had the titles for forever. You have the Street Profits who've been having some issues. They win the titles, and that kind of puts a Band-Aid on their issues until they start to struggle again. It's like Montez and, and Angelo are able to pull together one more time to win the titles, and then it all starts to fall apart again. And then that's how you can build a Street profit split if you want to. And the ending of this match was fine. Like, the Usos retaining, I told you, I told you, every single pay-per-view we pick. Every single one. The Usos are going to lose the title. They never lose the title. Always. It's like Roman. It's like Roman's never going to lose that title. He's going to retire with it at this point. So, like, I told you, but we we were hopeful. That's the we, key. We were hopeful. We wanted it. That's the thing. We hopeful, wanted it. And that's why I felt disappointed in the finish. Not because of how it ended. Just because the Prophets didn't win. And know that's why that's good? Because I gave a crap. Yeah, we were invested in it. We were invested in the profits winning. We wanted the profits to win, and unfortunately, it just didn't happen. They just couldn't bring it home, and that was in part to um, Jeff Jarrett's rough skills. Um, but yeah, this was a very, very good match. This was very, like I keep saying, very entertaining. I don't have any complaints of, about this outside of the finish, and that's just simply because literally I did not get what I wanted. Tim, I talked her out of picking the, the Usos. Yeah. I picked them in my original pick. We had an entire conversation about it where he's like, yeah, but, but they, they, they could win. Like the profits could win. You know, you want to pick them, you know, you want, you want them to win. Like, you know, you want all of this. And so I finally was like, okay, all right, I'll pick, I'll pick the profits, but I know they're going to lose. I just know it in my heart of hearts because we say it every single time and every single time the Usos win. And the driving force behind all of it was that the status quo was gone. It was. The status quo was gone. The status quo was gone, so how big are they going to go in terms of changes and everything else? Because it's like, SummerSlam is written. SummerSlam is set. But Hunter will leave his mark on this show, so how many things are going to change, especially moving forward? So the one reason I wanted the Prophets to win, because there is no tag team right now, babyface tag team, that inspires you more than the Prophets do. They get the crowd going more than anyone else. So them defeating the Usos tonight would have been really cool and would have been an impactful move. Now you got to build that next babyface team because you can't go back to this. Profits and Usos are done for now. Got to move them on to something else because a third match probably isn't going to happen, especially since they want to cut back on doing rematches. I don't think you break up the Profits. I, I don't think that's the case. You can... Let Montez do things, but you don't have to break up the team because it's neither man's fault they lost. So there's no rhyme or reason to break it up. And again, the status quo is gone. You can keep people together and find them something to do. They're too good of a babyface team to break them up. You can't go back to a new day because they've already X'd them off because they can't challenge the Usos. They've already did that. So you have to make a new team 
in that spot. Who that is, I could not tell you right now, because off the top of my head, I can't think of many tag teams. Maybe they create them out of the Mysterios or the Judgment Day, but the Judgment Day are, are, are heels. The Mysterios are like, uh, we've been there, done that with them. We've done that for you because that's how this whole reign started with the Usos. I believe by beating the Mysterios in 2021. 20, mm-hmm. So we've been there, done that. So you got to find the next believable team to do it. So what, what what's next? So up next, we have, speaking of the Mysterios and the Judgment Day, they fought in a no DQ match. You know, the match was fine. Okay, the match was fine. I don't remember a lot about this match. I was highly distracted during this match. Like, it wasn't enough that, you know, Damian Priest was there, that Finn was there, that Rhea decided to go thighs out. Oh, no. No, no, no. Then on top of everything, we had Edge make his oh-so-triumphant return. It was a little awkward, but they got it done. Where he was literally on a flaming stairway to hell. Yeah, it was. That he descended down to cost the to cost the judgment day and boy the victory. Did, and boy, oh boy, did he lay in with spears on both um, Beller and Oh, he Pre- was Priest. nasty. He just dropped them with spears. Dropped them. Like, he, he is back and he's got a fire in his soul, man. Like, he did the full brood entrance. He did the full thing. He looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm all for this. I'm here for this. My my ovaries hurt because of this. And then on top of that, like a match later, they had to send Drew McIntyre out in a black wife beater. Why? To promote in jeans. To promote, Why? To promote Clash of the Castle. Um, my ovaries did not need that. Sometimes they do. Uh, I felt this hurt Judgment Day, and I think this should have happened after after the match. I don't disagree with that statement. I predicted that like they should have kept the Judgment Day on roll. I talked about it on Thursday. I thought that was, should have been done. And then if you're going to do interference, you do it afterwards. But I could see the reasoning behind it to do it. But I would have kept Judgment Day strong. It all depends on how they recover it tomorrow. Or excuse me, on Monday. That's kind of how I feel about it. I'm giving it a chance to see. It does hurt them, but if they can recover it by coming out of it strong, then I think it's okay. The problem with the Judgment Day is I don't think they don't they know who they are because there was a plan and then the plan got changed and they lost their leader and they got a new leader and the plan became another thing. And since that changeover in leadership where they wrote Edge off of TV for a while. You had Finn Balor take over, and then you had Damian Rhea with Finn, which they were supposed to go a more supernatural kind of route with the eventual return of the Fiend, or excuse me, not the Fiend, the Demon being a thing. Now that's potentially changed with the change in regime. Nobody knows if that's still going to happen or not. I would assume it is. Like, I'm assuming they're going to stick to a lot of what was originally planned. But we all know what happens when you assume. Yeah. So, so I want to address the Demon Balor thing. Because Finn went on the record talking about it this weekend. There are no plans to bring back the demon. He's going. We're going to see how this Judgment Day story plays out, and he would like more creative control over the demon. Well, he might get it. He probably will get it going forward. So if when we see it, it'll be something Finn wants to do instead of oh hey, it's SummerSlam. Oh hey, it's WrestleMania. We're gonna bring out the demon. Yeah, it's going to become a special attraction again. But there was, I think, a plan at one point 
for it to be that where yeah. it's we want the we want the demon back we need basically they realized hey we had a real we had a couple really good supernatural special attractions that people really really liked and they made us a shit ton of money and then we got rid of both of them where one got fired and the other one they just wrote off TV so you know what we're going to do we're going to bring them back at least one of them in the demon because WWE likes money. And that's what happened. Yeah. And I don't I don't judge them for that. I mean, I do judge them, but I don't judge them for that because it's like ultimately it's a business and they have to make the decision that is the best for the business. But it's something that y'all c- could have realized that a lot earlier on. What's, like a year ago. What's best for business? What's best for business. But yeah, so it's I think Judgment Day is more having a bit of an identity crisis right now because they just don't know... And when I say they, I mean, like, maybe the writing team doesn't really know what to do with them yet. I don't think they figured that out yet. We, it's like, Rhea's we're injury, working on it. Rhea's injury didn't help. Rhea's injury did not help. That de- derailed them horribly. And now that she's back, they can kind of get them back on track. But, yeah, it's – they're just – a lot of things have happened with the Judgment Day that have sort of already derailed them. So it's something that them losing here is just, like, one more thing to me. And it's it all depends on how they recover it on Monday. If they don't recover it well, then yeah, it's a problem. If they do recover it well, it's not as much of a problem because you're setting up Finn versus Edge. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Is Edge Edge has been betrayed. He's pissed. He's coming back and he's going to challenge Finn. But first, Edge is going to have to go through Damien. And then he's going to have to get to Finn. And that's, I feel like, how they're going to tell that story. So, before we get into the next match, out of nowhere... Riddle showed up because he was not clear to Russell. Mm-hmm. And he called out Seth Rollins. I would like to personally thank WWE for the new meme. I appreciate that. So explain to the people the new meme. So Matt Riddle gets in the ring. He calls out Seth Rollins. As Seth is coming out to his music, the doctors and the medical staff surround the ring and they try to stop Matt Riddle from fighting Seth Rollins because he's not medically cleared. Seth Rollins walks out in a tangerine, ombre tangerine outfit. That's the best way I can describe it. And starts to march his Francis towards the ring. Well, Adam Pierce, uh, Shane Helms, and crew come running out after seth rollins and seth kind of looks over his shoulder and is like oh no 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 i'm not going to let you stop me and proceeds to start running with this stupid ass look on his face with all of the wwe officials chasing him to the ring hence the new meme has been born as someone mentioned like he looked like a 1970s t- uh, game show set he looked like a 1970s game show host what are you talking about that too um but he also looked like the set, the R, the R for the, the chairs and stuff they used. So they, they talked about Riddle had, had like a spinal injury coming out of um, Monday, where he took the, the stomp to the steps. Took another stomp here. So they're, they're trying to build Riddle as an underdog, which is the right move. And they're saving it for Clash at the Castle, which, again, is another smart move to do. You need, you need big matches on the show since you're going to – you're sell, sold, I think, 60,000 tickets for that show. Yep. It's a lot of tickets. So you're going to put big matches on that show. Sucks it was not on this show, but it was not missed at the end of the day. It was not missed on this show because everything else on this show was really good. And it told the stories it needed to tell. So you got the crowd involved. You got people. They still got some physicality between the two, and you're you're building more heat. And again, as I mentioned on Sunday on WTR, Seth Rollins hasn't won a match on a pay per view 
in a one-on-one situation in a long time, so he still might not go at Clash of the Castle, so we'll see. We will, in fact, see. So moving on to a Clash, you had Liv Morgan defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey. Okay, so Ronda Rousey looked really good in this. Mm-hmm. She looked more like a badass in this match, which... Is what you want to see coming out of Ronda. You want to see more aggressive aggressiveness coming out from her. We talked about Thursday. That's kind of the approach we thought we were going to see. And we saw it. Liv, on the other hand, it's a tricky situation. Did Liv gain a lot from this match? No. But she also came across as someone who, as John Cena would say, never gave up. Ronda kept going for the arm over and over and over again, and trying to break the arm, getting her to tap. And Liv found her way to the ropes every single time. There was a moment they called the trainer and like, please don't stop the match like this. Don't stop it because of an arm injury. Mm-hmm. You want her to fight you. If she's going to lose, lose. She did not lose the championship to Ronda Rousey. In fact, she pinned her shoulders to the mat for the one, two, three. Liv also tapped while in the arm bar during the pin attempt. Then Liv got beat up by Ronda Rousey. So did Sean Devari and Jamie Noble and all the rest. Or Sean Devari did, and I think the, the referee as well. They all got taken out. Liv was on the outside clutching her arms, selling the injury. This was the first time Ronda Rousey in a while looked like Ronda Rousey UFC star in terms of aggressiveness. Which is bad for the other women because it's a style that makes the others look weak. I would like to see the follow-up and where they go. I hope we don't get a rematch right away, but I think we will probably at Clash of the Castle in five weeks. But I would like to see them take some action on Ronda for, you know, attacking the officials and kind of make her earn her way back into it. Yeah, it's hard to know if the... It's hard to know about rematches right now, but I would agree, if you can get it to Clash of the Castle, go ahead, get it there, just basically suspend Ronda. You have, you've already got the setup for it, where it's, okay, you know, yeah, you're going to get you what you want, you're going to get your match, because technically that, you know, she deserves a match just based on the shenanigans that happened in the pen. But you also fucked yourself, basically, because you attacked the officials, you attacked Liv after the match. So, you know, we're going to basically settle this where you are banned from TV up until, or you're banned from shows up until we go over to the UK, and then you have Liv and Ronda go again. Liv is a very, very tricky character, because like I said on Thursday, she's someone that she's been downplayed and really sort of made as a secondary character for a very, very long time that it's difficult to sort of like fully get behind her as a main character or as a primary character, especially in a strong position. Like she's always sort of been portrayed as weak. And I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean that is how she's been portrayed on TV is she's not the strongest one. She's not the bravest one. She, you know, when she was in the riot squad, she was always second fiddle to Sarah and Ruby, right? She was more of like the mascot than she was one of the fighting members of the team because Ruby and Sarah typically took care of everything. And Liv was just there a lot of the time. At least that's how I remember it. I don't remember Liv wrestling a lot when she was in that team. And then subsequently after that, when the team broke up and Ruby and Sarah got let go, 
Liv has never really been put in a what I would term a strong position up until this year when she started going for the title late last year, early this year against Becky. And she's, you saw her get a little bit more dominant and you saw her get a little bit more forceful and you kind of sort of seen that change continue to occur over the last year in her. But then you come to somebody like Rhonda. Like Becky is one thing. Rhonda is a whole different animal. And it's, it's character versus character and you're just looking at it and on paper. Ronda Rousey should wipe the floor with someone like Liv Morgan. Absolutely wipe the floor with her. So the fact that it's like you're telling the story of Liv, who is your champion as the underdog, against someone like Ronda, it's your David and Goliath story just oddly reversed. Because Liv's defending her title, she's protecting her title from Ronda and trying to stop Ronda from taking it. So it's a little bit different story with her. I feel like it did stuff for her. I don't think it did a lot for her. But at least having a semi-screwy pin versus doing something where they stop the match for a medical thing or there's a DQ or something like that, I think, did more for her than really anything else. Um, I will say this, Liv, honey, you're going to wear garters or a garter belt. Attach them to something. I know you were going for a whole look and it worked up until you started wrestling and then that garter belt started flying everywhere and started smacking you and I know that didn't feel good. So just next time, just attach things to other things and it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. So Liv is still your SmackDown Women's Champion and we'll see how they follow up on Friday on SmackDown and head in the clash. That's right. And then last, but certainly not least, and what I would say is really the surprise contest of the night in terms of how good this was, Logan Paul versus The Miz. Had a lot of smoke and mirrors. It did have a lot of smoke and mirrors. Which, rightfully so, it's it's Logan Paul in a ring, but Miz is a top-tier performer and, you know, went for it and, and, and delivered the show that he needed to do. Because that's what the Miz has done since his days in the real world. Put on an entertaining performance for the people at home. So, you had you had all the, the spots and, and all the normal stuff. You had AJ get involved, you had Ciampa get injected, you, had, you know, we had stuff with a chair and all these, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. You had Maurice get involved and leading to all distractions and, and whatnot. Um, the big spot that will get people talking. One was the phenomenal forearm by Logan Paul, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But it was the frog splash through the table. And that table went kaboom when he went through with when he put the minutes through it. Like, this was on Stephen Amell level good in terms of celebrity appearances. It really, really was. I don't think it quite topped what he did at Mania. Because, again, he had the Miz cover for him in a different way. But I will give Logan Paul, as much as it hurts, the respect he deserves for doing this. Because he looked good. He worked well. He didn't quite have the conditioning. But everything was safe. Nobody got hurt. And he looked really good at what he was doing. He looked like he belonged in the ring. He didn't look like some scared little doe that they had just thrown in there like they used to with celebrities. He looked competent, he looked confident, and he delivered. And I cannot complain about that at all. I don't think anybody was expecting this to be as good as it was. I think a lot of us were doubtful about it. I think a lot of people kind of shit all over before it ever happened because it's Logan Paul, right? How good can Logan Paul be? How serious is he going to take his training? And the answer is he can actually be pretty damn decent. And he took his training seriously. You can tell he did. And I think they made him because here's the thing. He's under contract. 
he this is no longer he's a celebrity coming in for publicity he's now under contract does he benefit from the publicity he gets yes absolutely but he's being paid by wwe to be a contracted performer that means they expect him to perform they expect him to train they expect him to know what he's doing and that's the difference and i feel like he showed that he knows what he's doing does he have a long way to go yeah of course he does. But for a first singles match, this was a solid effort. Very solid effort. Logan Paul got the win, as, as he should, and we'll see where what he does next and where he takes it and whether he comes back as a babyface or heel in the next go-around. It's, it's, it's something to see. But overall, this show was pretty damn good. Entertaining from start to finish. You got big sports entertainment moments like we talked about at the start of the show. With the, the tractor, the, the, the tractor with Brock and the ripping up the ring. We had big surprises. You had Edge return. You had AJ interfering in a match. You had Bailey make her grand return that everyone's been waiting for. And she has some hired help along the way in EOS, in EOS Sky and Dakota Kai making her return to the company. It, all in all, you left this show with a good impression. The one thing I say, I will say about this show is that it was memorable. We will remember this show. We will remember portions of the show. And that is the best that you can hope for. It's not going to fade into existence. And we're going to sit here for six months from now and go, what the, what happened on SummerSlam again? Oh, yeah, right. That. No, it's, hey, six months from now, do you remember when Brock Lesnar lifted the ring with a tractor? You're going to say that two years from now, three years from now. That's going in the highlight packages. That's going to live forever. Like I said at the top of the show, it's an iconic moment that we will look back on with fondness. Yeah. This was a this was a great SummerSlam to me. Like I said, it was entertaining. And that's all I really want for my wrestling. I want to be entertained. I want to enjoy it. I'm spending my time to watch it. I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, God, when is this over? I could do anything else other than this. The only reason I'm watching this is because we have to review it afterwards. I hate doing that. I hate saying that. It makes me feel like such a hypocrite because it's like I'm watching something at some point that I'm not enjoying. And I've actually stopped watching a lot of wrestling because I simply didn't enjoy it anymore. There was nothing there to get my attention. There was no one there that really it's like I'm sitting there. I'm like, wow, I have to watch this person every week. I have to see them because they've taken those people away from me. And I refuse to fall in love with anybody else because for the environment there for a while, it's like, why should I bother to like anybody in this company? They're just going to get fired. And that is a horrific position to take on WWE. But that's what it felt like. That is, we're going to run this as a business, which is fair, but nobody's safe. Absolutely nobody's safe. And I don't understand how they expect us as fans with that attitude to really connect to talent because that is the whole point of the product is you sit here and you watch it for your favorite stars right you watch it for your beckys and your biancas and your brays and your your randys and your hunters and all these different people like we all started watching and the way that they hooked us was that we fell in love with somebody as stupid as that sounds that's exactly what happened we all got hooked by somebody and then it's i have to see what they're going to do every week and then gradually you saw somebody else and so on and so forth until you had your your favorites that you watched every week and as time marches on and your favorites come and go you always have somebody to take your place in the last 12 to 16 ish months it's been very difficult to do that because it's like pretty much everybody consistently that's been on TV, none of them are safe. 
So it's like, I don't, I don't understand how you expect me to sit here and watch your product and like your stars and fall in love with them and spend my time doing that when they're potentially just going to get fired and I'm maybe never going to see them again. Or if they do, they'll show up on fucking dark <laughs> for five minutes and then I'll never see them again. Uh, you know, but that's, that's generally the gist. So the fact that there is, uh, that we're now seeing people come back, even though it's only Dakota Kai right now. But the fact that they were able to get Dakota Kai and that and there's the possibility that there could be others that come with her is a great sign. It's a sign of stability in the company. Keyword. It's a recognition that maybe we let too many go. Maybe we let the wrong people go. Keyword, stability. There's stability now. There's hope now. With Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H in charge, there's reason for hope. There's a reason for change because now the status quo is no longer the status quo. Uh, Danielson and Undisputed Air will not be back. I believe they're under contract till. I know, I know Adam Cole was under contract till like 2027. They're gone for a while. Brian will be back to go in the Hall of Fame. That's it. None of them left on bad terms. Yeah. Brian Danielson wasn't released. He, his contract ran out and all of Undisputed Era, their contracts ran out. The only one that's left is Roderick Strong. Um, but they all left on perfectly good terms. They tried to get them back. They tried to retain them, but ultimately Brian wanted to go do other things and Undisputed Era want, wanted to go do other things, including Adam Cole wanted to hang out with his girlfriend. So. Yeah. And Brian, you know, Vince wasn't going to let him do things because Vince was very protective of Brian and. Guess what? Vince was right. Because Brian's already been hurt. Vince was right. For Brian. Just gonna say that. Vince was right. Anyway, some housekeeping, shall we? Yes. Rob went two and six. Sub went three and five. The wheel, Tim and the eight ball went five and three. Tim, you, you tied with the eight ball and the wheel. Good job. We tied with the video game at six and two. Me and you did. Along with Casey and the brand. Sheila finished seven and one. Good for Sheila. Go you. So there you go. Those that that's the housekeeping for the night. But I think that that's pretty good for us. I think we're done for the night. What do you think? I think we're done. So you got stuff. So plug away. So normally in this time slot, it's CB Radio. It's not happening tonight. But next Saturday midnight is CB Radio in this time slot around twelve thirty ish. Before that's Fortnite with friends and all that fun stuff. Um. Sunday night, which is tomorrow night, it's WTR Sunday night, Russell Talk Radio. Tim, Casey, and, and Brian will review SummerSlam in their own fashion. So there you go. Monday night's Raw post show, 11 p.m. Eastern, right after WWE Monday Night Raw. We'll break it all down and tell you what we thought happened and liked and didn't and all the things. It's a Raw post show, Monday night's 11 p.m. Eastern. You can check out the Rack Extra Reviews, Miss and Misses, the entire season three. Reviews are now available at rockradioshow.com. We'll be live on Thursday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, to talk all the latest news in WWE and Impact and AEW. We've got some news we got to talk about that we didn't cover this past weekend. We'll probably have more on Vince and and things going forward. We'll probably talk more about that in, in detail and stuff like that. Rack Radio Show on all social media platforms, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just search the Rack Radio Show, wherever you get your podcasts, which were available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just search The Rock Radio Show. If you have that Amazon Prime, you can link it to your Twitch account. It's called Prime Gaming. You can support the channel so easily. Clicking that purple rectangular button below the screen. 
You can also support us by using creator code Rocketsock or Lens M Ward in the Fortnite item shop. Currently, currently in the item shop is John Cena. Just, just pointing that out. Why, Lindsay? Because we are hashtag Epic Partners, and it's John Cena with no nipples. No nipples, John Cena. Also has a shirt, but no nipples, John Cena. Best emote in the game. You can't see me. If only it wasn't DMCA. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, you can follow me on most of the social medias at LensWard, L-I-N-S-W-R-D. You can check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash LensWard, where I stream Genshin Impact and Fortnite. Check that out. You can also check out my YouTube, LensWard.RockRaiderShow.com, or just look for LensWard on the YouTubes. And don't forget to check out our very fine sponsor, mbgfilmsyoutube.com slash mbg1211. So for Rock, I'm Lindsay Ward. You've been listening to The Rock right here on walltalkradio.com, and we will see you next week. Bye! WildTalkRadio.com.